Tub Talk is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. Email us at tubtalk at cageclub.me with questions, criticisms, riddles, trivia, dating advice, cryptozoology, ideas for future episodes, and more. Head over to cageclub.me to check out other shows and email us tubtalk at cageclub.me. Welcome back to another episode of Tub Talk. <laughs> Off to a great start here. Email us, tubtalk at cageclub.me if you want to guess what that laugh was about, because I don't even know. ltubtalk.com. We have 40 through 21 best songs of the 2000s, our favorite songs. This is going to be a very good stretch. I think this is kind of like your cleanup hitters here. This, I think this is going to be the most interesting ones, because the top 20 are going to be the ones that, in theory, be like, yeah, of course. And this is sort of the, the, the best songs that people might not know are obvious. Yeah, I'm. so we were talking about putting this, li- these, you know, how we put this list together, and we put it together for our own personal uh, enjoyment so long ago that you guys revised your list, and I didn't. I just couldn't be bothered to look at it until now. I've got some curious rankings. I mean, I like every, I like all of these songs that are coming up next. But is I the Macarena on your list? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like 95. But I would have bumped oh, yeah. some other songs really up. Nice. Some other songs that we discussed already, I would have bumped up. Like Beyonce's Crazy. In previous Lies. rounds, there were a lot of songs that I'd be like, yeah, I don't have much to say, but I'm just looking ahead at these 20, and yeah. I, I kind of have a lot to say about all of them. Okay. All right, man, so your number 40 is maybe the, my second favorite song <laughs> by this artist, Kanye West with Gone. Uh, this is my favorite Kanye West album, Late Registration. Um, Uh-oh. The, especially the back half of this album is just hit after hit after hit. Not necessarily that they were hits, but that they could have been. They're amazing. They're all fantastic songs. Is that Ray Charles or Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles? I don't think either. I don't know who sampled this song. Oh. Do you remember that, that viral video of that girl quitting her job to this song? No. She was fired for some, like, just cause, and she's like, all right, fuck you all, peace out, and then just, like, danced around her office to the song, and it went, like, massive for her own weekend. Love a good quitting story. Can you, uh, this, oh, it's Otis running. Actually. Joey has his shirt off, and he's uh, standing on the table. So reenacting this video. Can you skip ahead towards like the end, like a minute from the end? He's got weird looking nipples. So it's yeah. So so right there, so many nipples. <laughs> you hear? The, hold on, listen to the strings. Like it's such a bouncy, fun song, and then it gets really fucking ominous at the end. Uh, yeah, that's all. Do we have uh, we been noticing uh, that the songs have been more ominous in this span of time than the last one we we did? Is there is there any overall? No, maybe we, maybe it's too early songs. to look back on that, but I, w- I wonder if we. I do think that there is more artistic angst in the 2000s than there were in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Well, it's because it's George Bush, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, that's what I'm saying. That's what it is. And then, like, when we do, like, the Trump era, it's going to be like, oh, this is the song of, like, a, f- a horse being executed. <laughs> Mr. Hands. Like um, one more note about this song. R.I.P. Uh, Mr. Hands. John Bryan. John yeah, Bryan John did Bryan. this. Worked on this album, and he everything he does is good. So. Where is he? What's he doing? He used to do mu- movies. I, I actually just saw. I went to go see John Mulaney live at Radio City back in about a year ago, and he opened up for John Mulaney. No kidding. Yeah, it was it was cool. Man, your next song about to start. Jose Gonzalez, Heartbeats. This commercial was great, man. What commercial was this? It was for like a uh, HD TV or an HD camera, <laughs> and and they dropped this. Like, I remember that. Yeah. Falls down the street oh, in San yeah, Francisco. yeah. I do kind of remember that. Yeah. It was like a 
in college, I remember it was like, yeah, this yeah. commercials could be art. Like, yeah. Check it out. The song's beautiful. This is actually a cover song yeah. um, of, a, of a group called The Knife, a Swedish duo, who their version is like very kind of ominous. I almost put that version on my list. Um, I like that song too, but I prefer this version. It's a second song called Heartbeats. Um, yeah, I think it's no, my other heartbeat is way higher. Heartbeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a, a, a pretty song, a beautiful song, a beautiful guitar line, beautiful guitar melody. When I was a freshman in high school, I, this kid Joe in my art class gave me this bag of. Uh, super bounce balls oh. and I kept them in my locker and I gave like large amounts of them out to people and it got me into a lot of trouble because people were just taking these bounce balls and whipping them down the hallway <laughs> uh, and it was like like for uh, like a week like every day everywhere you went it was just like super bounce balls rocketing everywhere um, yeah I got a lot of trouble for that <laughs> alright Bounce you need to pronounce this next one Sigaros Sigaros Hopapia, Hopapoya, Hopapola. I mean, who knows how to pronounce any cigarettes? It's not a real language anyway. They made it up. Hopipola? I don't know. All cigarette songs are epic and like filmic. Uh, They all sound like they could score some some poignant scene in a movie. Skip ahead. You know know this song? I know it because of listening, but I don't know it that well. You know the good part? (laughs) This is the good part. Fast forward to the good part, Shelly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this is this is part of the good part. Yeah, they're just like very emotional and kind of overwhelming. And I've heard that seeing them live is like a cathartic experience because they just overwhelm you with shit. They've made a lot of beautiful songs. This happens to be my favorite of them. Your next song is by Bon Iver, Perth. Everybody loves this guy. Yeah. Bon Iver. B-O-N-I-V-E-R. You've heard of him, right? <laughs> What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah, you all right? Speak to us. You asked the question. I'm just answering it. Bon Iver? Bon Iver. It's not Bon Iver? No. Bon Iver? Are you fucking serious? It's, it's French. It's French, man. It's French. Bon Iver? <laughs> Have you never heard this guy before? That was fucking nuts. Yeah, I've seen his name all over the place. It's Bon Iver. (laughs) Bon Iver? (laughs) You fucking serious? (laughs) Cancelled. Put him off the list, (laughs) fucking French people. Um, Bon Iver. Croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Moshi. Hello, this is Moshi. (laughs) Have you never listened to him? No, maybe not. No, oh. maybe like maybe like uh, through osmosis. <laughs> what does that mean? I like heard it. It's Isn't all listening through it's, osmosis? No, man, it's diffusion of water through a cell membrane. <laughs> That's what osmosis is. <laughs> well, not that either. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, don't I have nothing. I have nothing really insightful to say about this song. This part's cool. Yeah, Bon I. that song with Eminem recently. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He did a song with Eminem. Really? Yeah, and then he denounced it because it was like a diss track oh, where he called dis- Tyler the Creator gay. Oh, that's disappointing. Like that. Joey? Next song? Save, save us, Joey. 
Next song is one by one of my, one of my favorite artists, Back with Lost Cause off Sea Change. Joey Bear. Um, I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Joe Iver. <laughs> Speak American. Um, Steven Spile Bear. <laughs> this is uh, that. That reminds me. Remember, you know, Guy Bear. Yeah. The, old, the there was an NHL goalie. Yeah, who, Guy Bear. Uh, who his his he was from New York. Oh, really? And his name was that. his name was Guy Herbert, but he insisted on being called <laughs> yeah. Guillaume Bear. Is that true? Because I've yes, heard that yes, because <laughs> he was because he was a hockey player and he wanted it to have a French Canadian thing. Well, you know, fucking Don Cherry, who was like announcing hockey for the Canadians for years, just no matter how many times he was corrected, always really? called Patrick Wah Patrick Roy, <laughs> over and over again, what? the whole but, but time. At least Patrick Wah was. Yeah, he was French Canadian. His yeah. name is French. <laughs> Guy Herbert just wanted to sound cool. <laughs> I remember this song as like sort of a comeback song for Beck almost. Yeah, um, I've never been really like a, a, a few Beck songs here or there I like a lot, but like I never got into Beck uh, except for this album. I, I think this album's stunning. Nigel Godrich, what's up? Hey, uh, maybe that's why I like him. Yeah, maybe. Bob, you're number 40. By the unicorns, I was born, in parentheses, a unicorn. I feel like Tom probably knows this, right? You know the unicorns? I do know the unicorns, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe this isn't that serious, but there's something very moving to me about the lyrics. Uh, I'll start believing in you, in you if you start believing in me. Uh, again, there's an interchange of lyrics. I'm learning a lot about myself listening to all these songs, and one of the things that I'm learning is that I like it when there are multiple singers in one band and they trade verses. There's something about that that really gets me. Let's listen to the lyrics a little bit. Yeah, uh, I don't really. I, the Unicorns is the name of the band, and I was born a unicorn is the name of the song. So I, you know, t- extrapolate from that what you will. Um, might be about pegging. Who knows? Ooh, gets dark, and that's what you're like. That's what you're learning about yourself. That you're in, you're into pegging. Oh yeah, I'm not learning that about myself. Your next song, Fandom Planet, California to Chad Blake mix. Oh. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Um, you know who introduced me to this song? Jason Schwartzman. Carson Daly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw this shit on TRL, and it was the first that I saw it, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome." Except for there's a part here where it goes, "Hustlers grab your guns." The shadow weighs a ton, but the censored version goes, "Hustlers grab your." The shadow is. But it's not like in my head. Hearing the censored version, I always thought he was saying dicks. <laughs> Hustlers grab your dicks. Shadow is a ton. Jason Schwartzman's band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He was the drummer. Have we talked about, I think on the on the, the last, the 80s and 90s, about how we like learned to rap along to censored versions of songs? Oh, that was Tom, yeah, talking about uh, a Dr. Dre song, I believe. How white we are. Yeah. Did you listen to this song when you moved to California? I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Heener and I put it on, like, when we got in the car. And you, you guys drove to California from yeah, New Jersey? Yeah, just me and Heener listening to a lot of Silverchair. <laughs> 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 like, Silverchair? Let me think of the, the, 
Silverchair, Squeeze, and Dead Prez. We listened to those Peter bands. did love Squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. We slept in, a, in, in, in the car in Walmart parking lots the whole way. Wait, were you driving back then? No. Heener drove the entire way. Because he's Heener, man. One time, Dylan, we were, me, oh, even yeah. Dylan broke down, uh-huh. and, and Heener just drove to Albany to pick us up. Because that's the kind of guy he is, he man. He sure is. Bob, your next song has a parenthetical in the band name, the parentheses, International Noise Conspiracy nice. with Smash It Up. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm in. Uh, do you know this? No. This I'm band in. came from uh, Refused. Refused. Yeah. That's Dennis Lixon, the singer of Refused, left that band and started this band. Refused is a hardcore punk band, and they started this like grooving '70s band. Um. And it's uh, you know, it's really tight. And he's a fucking like Beck. He's a great dancer, and um. Again, like, thematically, I guess for me here now, this is like some real anti-capitalist, like... Don't don't they have a song, Capitalism Stole My Virginity? That's right, yeah, yeah. And it's all about, like, you know, unionizing and and seizing the means of production and shit. Like, if you like Guy Debord and Karl Marx, this is the band for you. Guy Bear. Or or Guy Bear. Yeah. A lot of guys named Guy. Bob, your next song is a song that was probably on Matt's list by banding the R.E.M. Maybe on Matt's. Imitation of Life. Oh, yeah, it was on mine. Number 37. We're going to talk about it now because it's the highest on the list. That's the last, the last big R.E.M. single, right? Uh-huh. Last great R.E.M. chorus. Really? This is Later Day? Latter uh-huh. Day this R.E.M.? The, yeah, this is... I don't know Your third R. to last M. album by album. I know that I just know songs, and I really like this song, but I didn't know where it fit into their career. Yeah, last big, last last hit single. It's a great song. It really is. Yeah. Was yeah. collapse into now this era? Yes, right. Two thousands. Um, what album is this actually on? This is on a reveal. It's yeah, a reveal. like the orange one with the. Collapse of the Now, I think, is like one of their later albums. I think it was 2000s. Collapse of the Now is great. I, yeah, I love that album. Like, what does that even mean? The sugar cane that tasted good, that's cinnamon, that's Hollywood? I don't know. I mean, he's been, he's always like, uh, his lyrics are approached from a real weird place, right? Like, 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 like in what way does cinnamon. Equate <laughs> to Hollywood. <laughs> it's a really weird. It's sweet. It's a really a little weird connection. You think he quizzes his grocery carriers about this shit? <laughs> about the, the lyrics to his songs? What do you two think sh- I meant? Two strong boys. Explain yourself, Tom. I I recently met somebody who is who who is from and lives in Athens, Georgia, and. Uh, and we, we got into the subject of REM, and uh, he told me that Athens is a rel- you know relatively small city. That the members of REM live there; they still maintain their their they, you know homes there for most of the year. And then it's not uncommon to see Michael Snipe, um, you know, around town, sometimes even at the grocery store, where he is always accompanied by two strapping, strong young men who carry all of his groceries around for him. Does he still have a big beard? 
Like he got that. He like R.E.M. broke up and he was like, I'm growing a yeah. fucking beard. It's the David Letterman beard. Or yeah. David Letterman grew the Michael yeah. Stipe beard. Yeah. I like the idea that he's still shopping for groceries, but he's shopping for groceries like a decadent rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I don't think of Michael Stipe as being a decadent no, rock star. Right. No. He's taking advantage now. I think of him as like a guy that's like at home reading a Joan Didion book of essays or some shit. Uh, but he, you know, uh, he's, he's not above going himself, but he's not going to lift shit. Right. <laughs> but he probably pays those guys really well and like takes care of them at Christmas time. They're well treated. They're like offensive linemen for a successful quarterback. Yes. Yeah. They make him look good. He buys them watches at Christmas. Matt, this is on your list. What, what do you got about it? Yeah. Nothing. Just that, like, I put so much REM in the other That's one. Right, I'm like, yeah. you know what? I love REM. What's one, one, one more song? Era, right? You're gonna put. You're gonna put mm-hmm. this on there. Bobby, next song is by one of Mance's favorite bands, Vampire Weekend. Diane Young. Uh, Vampire Weekend currently in the midst of releasing a new album, song by song. Baby, 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 uh, They're the best kind of this band. I don't know what you call this kind of music. Like, they're the best kind of this band out there. That is like, like a... I see parallels with, like, wham and shit in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, kind of, definitely. Like, much, for sure. Yeah. On this song, at least, yeah. Yeah, there's something about it that's, like, real poppy and yeah. satisfying. It scratches that itch of, like... yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're also big in like the yeah they they pull heavily on like some of the cornier quote unquote cornier eighties like the you know they're 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 indebted to like Phil uh, oh, yeah. Phil Collins and you know group uh, artists like that and also like heavy Paul Simon and Ezra Koenig is also like a polo shirt wearing yeah. dude yeah, yeah, who yeah. Is, he's a boat rock guy yeah so <laughs> what's this band called Vampire Weekend oh right. Well, yeah, Matt next. refills the Brita. Why don't you talk a little bit more about Vampire Weekend because he's up next. This song in particular, it took a while to grow on me because it, it's not like their other songs. This song is way more unabashedly poppy than their other songs are. Yeah, that's what I like about it. I and like, this, that, I like, like this shit. It's yeah. like kind of the distorted... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got that like vocal after the baby, baby, yeah, yeah. baby, you know? But no, it's it's a it's a really strong piece of pop songwriting. I remember someone tweeted at him saying uh, uh, the number of times that Justin Bieber says "baby" in that song, "baby," yeah, and then the amount of times that he says "baby" in this song, and Bieber beat him by like three or four babies, and Ezra Kane just re- replies, "We'll get you next time, Biebs." <laughs> Also, uh, I've always wondered if Diane Young is uh, is like a play on dying young. Oh yeah, maybe. Because the way he sings it kind of is ambiguous. They're not a band whose lyrical content I'm terribly worried about. Matt, you're number forty. Johnny Cash, I see a darkness. It's a Bonnie Prince Billy cover. Yeah, I like that he sings back up on it too. Oh, nice. You're real into old people dying. (laughs) That's a thing. So thematically, yeah. I, guess, I guess Zevon's not that old, but no, but people dying like with knowledge of dying. Yeah, people confronting their own Where mortality. There's something so, profound in it. Yeah, yeah and then like I didn't put hurt his hurt cover on mm-hmm. it, which is probably a better song. You know, just because it was a huge, it was a huge Many hit considering, and that's. A, Amazing song, an incredible performance, and 
maybe my favorite music video. Many times we shared our thoughts. But this one is so is just so raw. It's so raw. And I really love this song. And I think this a good cover is, is a version that improves on the original. And I think this smokes the original version of this song. Like Weezer's Africa cover? Yeah, right. Oh, Matt, Matt was so derisive. He's just like was filled with disgust. On top Toto, I, I'm giving you nothing on that. I doesn't deserve response. I was, I was poking the bear. Well, you know I have but yeah, this song is... is a love for everyone I know. Matt, you're 39 is by someone Wait, who's let me just hear the, still alive. Let me just hear the first, the first like harmony because it's Hit so me good. Hit with a shot of that. And you know I have a drive to live. I won't let go. Oh, it's a whole other right. I thought it was right there. Anyway, yeah, you can go to the next 39, one. 39, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, Ain't No Chimneys um, in the project. The first Christmas song of this list. You had a Christmas song uh, on the last list. This song will be played in my house every year at Christmas time, repeatedly, forever. As it should anyone else's song, anyone else's house who listens to Christmas music. This is a bona fide, forever Christmas classic. The song fucking kicks ass. R.I.P. Sharon Jones too. While we're at it. Yeah. Oh, she died yeah. a couple years ago. Cancer. Yeah. So that's how I transitioned. I said someone who's still probably alive, but I guess this is actually a, de- a death section for me. A lot of lot of death shit here, actually. Next song is going back to uh, Jason Isbell, but this is Drive by Drive Truckers. By Truckers. So this is a band that I really wish I had gotten into like ten years ago. Angels and just started Fuselage. really trying to get in deep in the last year or so. This is the last song on Country Rock Operas from I think t- 2001. And it's a double album, and it's a concept album about the South, but specifically about Alabama, and specifically about uh, Leonard Skinner. And like, there's a really great like spoken word song in here called "The Giants of Alabama," and he goes to talk about uh, uh, Bear Bryant, the football coach, uh, George Wallace, and Ronnie Van Zant, and like like what that what those people meant to him. As George, a, the governor, George Wallace. Yeah, yeah. His it ends with him, and his. You would fucking love this song. The, the end of it, like, is just like five minutes worth of him talking about George Wallace, and, and it's really great. It's really, really great. But this song, the last three songs are like a chronology of one. One is um, uh, Greenport to New Orleans, which is the flight that they crashed on, and it's like a rocker. It's like Greenport to New Orleans. Another one is uh, Shut Up and Get on the Plane, and it's like, come on, let's like get up and party. And then this is the last. This is the last song. It's called "Angels and Fuselage," and it's about us. It's about them in, in slow motion, going, knowing they're going down. And I don't know if we want to listen to it, but let me see if I was. Uh, it's coming up, but like in the meantime, like what I'm discovering about this band is that Patterson Hood is is this songwriter. And there's another band that has like. Multiple guys write songs, yeah. guys sing songs. Like, you know, we, that's just always awesome. Like, the group dynamic is always great. And um, I actually have a, a higher song by them on the list by the other guy. But but Patterson is like the genius behind this particular album. And uh, I think this is it. Yeah. It's not this bell singing. It's Patterson Hood. I'm scared shitless of what's coming next. 
I mean, th this song absolutely gives me the fucking chills. And it's like, it's super long. There's a really, really good uh, live video of them closing a concert with this playing in Chapel Hill. And it's like even longer, but it's really, that's also worth checking out. But this is a band that I'm like looking forward to continuing getting like way deep into because this shit's just fantastic. Yeah, I'll look into it. Especially that, that Three Giants of Alabama song, you dig that, and this. And then, before we get too tired and sleepy. The Magnetic Field 77. <laughs> oh shit, no, never mind. This is awesome. Life ain't song. all bad. <laughs> Whoops! Jumping the gun. Did you listen to this album? The 50 song memoir? Dude, he has a 50 song album. It's a 50 song album. Every every it's song is a year of his life. Yeah, so this is too much. <laughs> this is this is called 77. Life ain't all bad. Oh my god. You gotta listen to the lyrics on this one. It's fucking killer. It's killer. There's He's a great lyricist. Yeah. Don't worry. The next song is upbeat. Yeah. He's a unique singer too. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's like a bass. It's about his stepfather. Like he, I guess he had maybe a series of stepfathers or, or just one. And seventy-seven is presumably the year that he's talking about. Yeah. So it starts. Let's just see, because it's interesting. There's a really good song about his cat from when he's like three years old. <laughs> it's like it's like I had a cat named Dionysus. Another day, another crisis. It's about how he wanted to love this cat, but the cat was just so freaked out by this three-year-old, like constantly wanting to wanting to play with him. This guy can make drama out of anything. <laughs> it, it's it's so good. But listen to this part of this song. It, it's this killer. There's like a fart sound in the background. <laughs> You're lapping us on fart sounds and music. <laughs> Two nothing. Fart, right fart and death. But this is the chorus, and it's so good. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, so far tonight, the themes are Mance's about love. And that's about death and, and then Bob's about self-discovery. <laughs> you're, you're dead, life ain't all bad. No, it, it reminds me, because, uh, okay, so I, we, I talked a little earlier about John Darnielle and the Sunset Tree, the Mountain Goats album. And uh, he did an interview with Mark Maron on WTF where he was talking about his dad, his stepdad dying, the, dad, the guy who had abused him. And Mark Maron was like, and how did, how did you feel when that happened? And you're expecting John Darnielle to be, like, reflective and be like, well, death is always... But he just goes... Oh, it was fucking great. <laughs> like, he was so happy that this guy had died. Like, his, like he like, felt so much relief. Yeah. Like, a lifetime of, uh, like, now he could just finally be removed from, from it. Uh, it's remarkable. Yeah, this whole album is, like, you know, 50 fucking songs. I gotta like, listen. There's at least 10 that are all, like, amazing. And then, hey. before we get too sad... Your next song, number 36. A perfect song. Hey, wait, ah. We Found Love by Rihanna. Nobody has this higher, though. I'm actually surprised. It was on somebody else's list, but not higher. I, yeah, I, I should have had it higher. This is the best pop song of this era. I, I agree. From a great scene in American Honey. I don't know what there is to say about it, but you're right. It is the best pop song of our generation. It fucking rocks. Yeah. 
We all know it. We all love it. I love how successful Rihanna is. And yeah. Like, it, like I love that her makeup is like incredibly popular. She's acting. St- like I love. I love yeah. that. Fucking a. All right, we We all know it. Nance, you're 35. The hives. Hate to say, I told you so. The, the, it, it's, it makes me happy that this band is the one band from that era that is like successfully still chugging along. Like the Strokes imploded, the White Stripes obviously they got divorced and broke up. Uh, you know the Libertines had their their issues, and and, and the Vines had their you know all those bands kind of self destructed and and didn't transcend their their that era. And not that the Hives are like relevant on a popular scale nowadays, but they're still out churning out albums and touring. And it kind of fits because they're just a workman-like band. Um, you know, they just kind of did their thing. and, and Well-dressed. Yeah, well-dressed. Good dancers. Wait, this was the band that all wore the black suits? Yeah. Yeah. They're Swedish. Yeah, they are Interpol Swedish. did that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A very, two very different bands. Yeah. One it's of them is much better. It's a fun I'm not going to say which. Whenever anybody says, "I hate to tell you know, I hate to say I told you so," I always think of him going, "All right." <laughs> it's good, yeah. It's like song two. It's like exactly yeah, what yeah, song yeah, two yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Only like maybe not as sarcastic as yeah. that. That's why, like, I have I have a really hard time with this song. Like, I almost put this song on my list, but I'm just like, it's just it's just the Stooges. Like, it's nothing yeah, 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 yeah. new at all. Yeah. So like, I can't, I can't. But I it can still listen. rules. I can, still, I can, I can listen to this every day, and like I, yeah. you know, it's it. it's a good, it, yeah. It's just so the Stooges, just, just straight up. Manscaped thirty fourth, Black Alicious, make you feel that way. Uh, this album came out, I think, in like two thousand two, but it's got that nineties blazing arrow. Uh, Blazing Arrow, yeah, it's got that '90s like Soul Quarian, like uh, Tribe Called Quest, uh, De La Soul type of vibe to it. That like dusty old sound, that old jazz sound. We listen to this a lot, a lot in the dorms. I yeah, think. and it's just it's just a, a listing of things that make you happy, like little things in life that make you happy. Like, let's listen to. He's coming in a little bit. Yeah, you know, like, hey, you get a good haircut, you feel good about yourself. Like, it's a Saturday after a work week. Like, yeah, that's a good feeling. Like, you just listen, like, all these little things in life that are, like, the little joys. It's like a spiritual sequel to that Ice Cube song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, and it's a feel-good song. Um, and it's, and it's, Who is that? That kind of sounds like Ice Cube. It is not. It's, uh, it's a group called Black Delicious. I don't know what oh, yeah. this MC's name is, but... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a nice little feel-good song. Your next song's by a band we talked about a couple times already tonight. LCD Sound System, I Can Change. Um, this is his, like, funkiest, I, I think, song. And it's like, yeah. It's got, like, a Mr. Roboto vibe, as as Matt does as, uh, does the robot here. Um, I think it's his best vocal performance. I think he, he like, becomes a, a crooner on this song. And... It's got that like that heartbreaking sentiment where you, you you love somebody but you don't but you're not good enough for them. You feel like you're not good enough for them and you you will you, you vow to change for them when obviously that's not, not what not going to and, and then that's not what any healthy relationship is based on anyway. 
I just want to get to the chorus and, and hear the chorus because he fucking croons on the chorus. I mean, it's a relatively short LCD sound system song. It's only 5.45, so... <laughs> yeah, brisk. Keeping it right and also tight. Wait, I, actually... Can you skip to the next verse? I think it's the next verse. Okay, so this is the chorus. He sings Love is a Murderer on this song. And the way he sings it is like, like he, again, he croons it. And it's uh, it's just a sweet delivery. I don't want to hold this up too long, but... It... Yeah, I forget it. We, can... we got time. We do not have time. Yeah, but... <laughs> Your next song is by Queens of the Stone Age. Go with the flow yeah, off my favorite album, Songs for the Death. This was the other Queens of the Stone Age song I had on here. Um, great music video for this song. Yeah. This is Dave Grohl all the way. Matt's favorite drum. Is that true? That's possible, yeah. yeah. Wait, your favorite what? Drummer. He's good. He's very good. Um, yeah, he, he makes this song great. It's a good song that he elevates to great. Okay. And your last song in this group by Dead Prez Hip Hop, we're going to wait to cover a little bit later. So we're going to skip that for now. Bob, your next song is a song that Mance had a little bit ago that we skipped. Tyler, the creator, Yonkers. Mm. Listen to this production. Listen to this. Yeah. Uh, this is a horror movie soundtrack shit. Uh, yeah, way more. Like, his lyrics are sort of whatever. The, f- the um, first line is iconic, <laughs> yeah. And he talks I'm about Raptor. This is also, if you remember the first episode of this group, Mance had a song by Pusha T featuring Tyler, the creator, that references this song. Oh, no kidding. Trouble on my mind. Yeah, we recorded that five months ago. Months ago. I think that this song was Tyler, the creator's coming out song as like a major artist. Yes, yes, 100%. And they had some shit before that, but it was not this level of... Uh, aggressive and and like he had this was he he had put out his first mixtape I guess you would call it album mixtape bastard and it was very lo-fi and had had made a lot of waves underground but this was the first single he released where there was like actual people waiting for him to put out music listen to that production yeah I it's remember like, it's like the, the like a unique voice showed up all of a sudden he, out of nowhere he, he's a prodigious. Arranger. Oh, he produces his own yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. I remember one Does day, his own music think, videos, like everything. I think it was when Conan was still on NBC, maybe, and then Jimmy Fallon had the Late Show, and they performed sandwiches on Jimmy Fallon. That's right. Yeah. And then all yep. of a sudden, I yep. woke up and I was like, oh, I guess I need to know who Odd Future is because yep. they are the hottest he's, he, thing in the he's, world. He's wearing the green ski mask and, yeah. and like standing perfectly still, and they started running around destroying things. I was like, oh, this is the Sex Pistols. This yeah. is fucking anarchy, man. It, it, I'm glad that because you, you're right. The, the lyrics on his first three, four albums leave a lot to be desired from for a number of reasons, but you could always tell that he he had again, I think he's a prodigious music talent. Like I think he knows how to compose a, a, a song better than almost any young musician I can think of. And uh, it's nice that his his lyricism has caught up to that and that he's kinda ditched the juvenile bullshit he used to rap about. Now, Bob, your next song is very important because it is the first time a song that on all three of your lists will be talked about. Outcast, hey, yeah. There we are. 
this is still the single of the this generation for me. This is one song that like is like the SpongeBob SquarePants of music. Like you can bring it up and everyone will just be like, yeah. "Yes, that is good. <laughs> I like that." Yeah. I think I had it so low on my list because we lived together when this album yeah. came out, and I listened to the I listened listened the hell out of it. And I think I just got to a point where I just exhausted myself on it, and it doesn't quite hit me the same way anymore because I've just reached a point of no return with it. But stepping back objectively and remembering how I felt about it when it came out, it's uh-huh. it's a, a can't fuck with it. No, this is a good place for it to be done. Glad it wasn't anybody's like top ten. Well, we have another song by them that's going to be up much, much later. Uh, yeah, that will cross all three lists. Yeah. But before Wait, we those get there, are the only two that are on. Uh, yes, all of our we talked about that the first two, episode. Two, two that's outcasts. remarkable. Two outcasts, outcasts are the only three crossovers. There's no question about then, like, well, what it is. Yeah. yeah. The next song by a band that we talked about a lot in the '80s and '90s, Nirvana. You know you're right. I I didn't know about this because obviously this was recorded before before this era. But it just. Do you guys remember when this came out? Oh yeah, and it was, fucking kicks ass. Yeah. yeah, vaguely I remember. But it was just like, it was like, oh, a new Nirvana uh-huh. song. Like I was not emotionally ready for right. that to exist. It was on best of the box. Yeah, and it, uh, man, it's like the thing about Nirvana. I think about this every time I listen to In Utero too, because it's just like, where was that band going? Like, what would have come after that album? I know. Where would you have been? Because, like... It's raw, man. He's such a good lyricist. And, And the best thing about it is, like, that question, this is, like, it's a real tiny glimpse because it definitely sounds like, you know, uh... Uh, heart-shaped box era yeah. but it sounds a little different too it sounds like leaning towards like actually what I don't want to say new metal because we've been talking about that all night but it does it, like there's a weird thing about it where like it sounds like where people took grunge like disturbed yeah, and all that shit right. like it almost kind of gives you a taste of that well there is a degree to which I'm I, I don't want to let him get away with just saying hey 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 as the chorus but the way that it bleeds into him saying, you know, you're right, yeah. like, uh, makes sense to me. And also, like, his, like, he's doing a quavering thing uh-huh. with his voice it's that such feels... A, it's a great performance, this, this fucking track. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm happy with that being... What Next song is a great song, Lana Del Rey National Anthem. What about that McCartney song? The what song? The one with, with, them, with McCartney. Paul McCartney. And, and, and Lana Del Rey? No, no. Nirvana. Oh, I don't know. Should I, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, remember that song? I, I didn't see it. What? Should I go watch it? Yeah. yeah. Pop, have you seen Lana Del Rey live? No. She takes a break in the middle of her set for her fans to give her gifts. That's great. That's exactly what I expected. Lana it's Del Rey. incredible. I like the thing about Lana Del Rey is she is uh, she's like affecting a persona, and like. There's such aesthetic unity over all of her. Like she's, it's it's like this mixture of capitalism and sadness, like the marriage of like materialism with like, oh, that's not actually going to make you happy. Um, and it's like epic in a way that 
And she's also a pop star who thematically deals with stuff that is not going to get her onto the, the pop charts. Like she's got that one song where the first lyric is, uh, my pussy tastes just like Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola. And I think the name of the song is Pepsi. But it's like, like you're not getting on the pop charts with that song. And but her that. music fucking rules. She's great live. Also, why is she calling it Pepsi-Cola? That is a good point. She also but, has another song called Diet Mountain Dew. So, I mean, who's really paying the bills? Uh, but listen, just money is the reason we exist. Everybody knows that it's a fact. Kiss, kiss. I'm with her. Bob, your last song in this group is Bay of Pigs by Destroyer. Their cover art is a little bit MC Escher-ish, but not really. Yeah, this guy's got great hair. Destroyer, another uh, new pornographer's member. No Dan, kidding? Dan Behar. Dan Behar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's good. He's great. Street Hawk of Seduction Maybe is, is like a, a fantastic album. I haven't really listened to much of his stuff. You'd like it. Although maybe not. I think probably he exists in the same place as uh, uh, Sun Kill Moon, where it's like these songs that are really long sometimes, and he's like telling these stories with this voice that is like I can imagine being grating. Well, speaking of Sun Kill Moon, we're going to get to them very shortly on Matt's list. If you want to save your thoughts for that, how long is this? I can't. How, how, how long is this song? This song is almost uh, 14 minutes long. Almost 14 minutes. Yeah. See, so like, I think it's. I think Tom. I think you might not have uh, <laughs> the. Uh, uh, I like. I don't mind long songs as long as they're not re- repeating the same thing over and over again, like Sun Kill Moon does. Well, the next song, before we get to Sun Kill Moon, we're going to have Radiohead with There, There, Off Hail to the Thief. And that's number 35. It's a cool song. This album is cool. This is your song? Mm-hmm. I remember this single being released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of the songs that when you see them live, you know what song is coming based on the instruments that they bring out. If everybody gets drums, it's, in, it's Bloom. If... Just Johnny gets drums. It's they're there. Maybe we should all get drums. Just I'm down. Like... Yeah. You're a walking disaster. I am. I don't know. It's a cool song. So why I like the, the new Sun Kill Moon style. Is this the next song? It's Sun fitting. Kill Moon? It's just. It's very fitting. Bombs. Thirteen minutes long. Sun Kill it's Moon. It's very fit. Like he's able to put songs out. He's releasing like two albums a year right. of all shit like this. This is actually a collaboration album with this band Jezu, and they usually think they're, they're kind of like a metal band. So the, the album before this. Bombs, bombs, bombs. I'm trying to think. So Benji was two before this, where, where he didn't do this, and then the next one he started with these like just stream of consciousness, telling stories about like something that happened one day, and like basically reading out of his journal, like on on the fly. And the music doesn't really change, but you just follow somebody's thought process in a really like interesting raw way and he's written so many great songs like you know he's a good songwriter so he's doing this with a real conscious idea that like he's taking a big risk with this style but he feels confident enough to make make a song that's eight minutes long and what's funny and this one is like at the end he starts singing about how like 
they, you know, I didn't sell very many tickets because I oversaturated my saturated my European market. It's like I think I should stop singing this song because it's getting too long. And then like 30 seconds after that, the song ends with like his producer cutting it. She's like, "Hey, Mark, uh, I think we should cut it off. It is getting a little long." And then, and then he sings his way out. But you follow him through like you know a couple weeks of, of in this case in the, of this song. Bomb. It's called bombs because it was the day those bombs went off in like Jersey and. and so he's always writing songs about like big moments and there's a lot of songs about Newtown and like things that happen in the news affect him the same way they affect everybody and he, and he has to incorporate it in, in what he's writing and that's what I really think is interesting about it because he just weaves in and out of topics like that and then the show he plays that night and he always he's always singing about meeting up with certain friends and, and, and yada yada um, and it's super self-indulgent and I, and I understand not liking it but it, it is just like it's an evolution of singer-songwriter style, like music that I think is like, I'm down with it. I'm just fucking totally with it. Everything's changing. The way we talk to each like everyone's on Twitter getting updated all the time anyway, and he's just singing in like about whatever, putting it out like officially, and I think it's really, I think it's great. You heard it here first. Sunken Loon is the, the singer-songwriter version of Twitter. <laughs> is that a, we just still of music. It's kind of true. Matt, your next song is off Illinois once again. Decatur, or round of applause for your stepmother. This is one. So Matt's calling some real bullshit here. He's got two songs here in the one slot. It's this and the song that comes right after it. I do? This is a song that you said. It's a two for one. Oh, yeah. There's like a little... It's like three seconds long. So I, I was, so I was, so I was looking at, into this album, and like I said, like I kind of came out saying maybe it's the best album. Put that John Wayne Gacy song on there. I actually had uh, Jacksonville on here at first, or like the Chicago. Like, there's a lot of great songs, but then I, when I re-listened to this one, it's so like the theme of why did we hate her, like celebrating his stepmom, like in retrospect, and like reflecting and like asking for forgiveness for like being cold emotionally as a kid. And a lot like, of step parents coming up today, in a, thematically here. We got the magnetic fields. We've got John Darnielle. Yeah. Got this. Sufjan. Family and death. But yeah, I think this song's really beautiful, and it made me emotional listening to it now. And I listened to the shit out of this album when it came out, and this song never affected me, but it affects me now. Thinking about my relationship with my stepfather, and like, you start to put things in a grander perspective, like, well, somebody really was super important to you that you maybe didn't pay attention to all the time. And, and it struck a very personal chord in that regard. And it's just a lovely song. Alright. A little woot woot. Yeah, that's just the idea. And we got Wilco. I'm trying to break your heart. <laughs> when this album came out, this Number felt 32. like the first, like the first 9/11 album, mm-hmm. like the first big, like, like post 9/11, like musical statement by like one of our yeah. most important bands. I mean, there's two towers on the album yeah. cover, right? Those went down too. No. Yeah. The, the, wasn't that building? Isn't That's that the? the oh, I'm thinking of the building in yeah. Chicago. Oh, I'm thinking of the like the thing out in LA that uh, that record. What's the record? Capital yeah, yeah, yeah. Capital record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That went down. Yeah, they demoed that. Oh, did they? Yeah. Like, oh no, this is Chicago. Anyway, well, the way you said it, we were talking about 9/11. Like those buildings went yeah. down too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, ideas of twin towers on the. I don't believe any buildings fell on 9/11. <laughs> oh God, genocide. 
but this, I think we were, uh, what year was this? 2002. 2002. So this was, we were, you were, you were first year in college and we were graduating high school. So it was like the first, like, stepping out. And I remember just thinking like, all right, this is like our, like, Pink Floyd album or whatever. And like, you know, Wilco has done what they've done since this. Is there I still always like them, but like this album was really puts me back in, in that, that year. Is there significance to the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot? Does YHF stand for something? It's like a sig- It's like a radio sig- Yeah. It's like a what? Well, I know, but like, you know, those are, that's military alphabet. That's YHF. Yeah, but specifically, I think Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is, uh, is a message of its own. I don't really know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know this album's great. The next song is a great song off a great album, My Girls by Animal Collective. Off Meriwether Post Pavilion. You don't like this? This song's fine. I, I generally <laughs> kind of hate this band. I don't really like the band. I mean, this is Matt's song. You just said it was a great song by a great band. No, it's a great song off a great album. Get uh, your shit together, Joey. I love this album. I don't give a shit about Animal Collective one way or the other, but I like this album a lot. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a dedicated fan of theirs, but I, I like, I think everything that I've heard that they do, I like that song that just goes like, you don't have to go to college. And this song, again, you know, looking back on it, it came and went for me as far as, as far as yeah. like in the time. But I have girls now. Yeah. And it's a cool song about, yeah. skip to, skip to like three minutes or so, three it's the first like the, the first like song of that era that shouts out like domestication like and it's in, and it's free four walls and adobe slats yeah. for my it's like a weird yeah. way of putting it yeah. that like I don't quite understand yeah. he just wants but, to like, provide for his family but then the fact that it like turns into this yeah. like it's just it's just happy it's like I don't care about material things like I don't know I don't quite get it but I get it a lot more than I now that I have two daughters I, 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 I could be wrong about what I the conclusion that I came to on this but this is the first band that I remember thinking this is pretentious <laughs> this song specifically no no no, yeah, no. no. I, 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 I don't even recognize this song I'm, uh, I'm with you on that yeah mine with that was um, who's that stillness is the move band dirty projectors yeah I remember hearing them and yeah. I was just like alright that's yeah. a bridge too far <laughs> for me yeah you're both correct but yeah this song's cool it's way too long but it's cool Five and a half minutes. Master number 30 is by Dinosaur Jr. Crumble. Nice. Dino J. Dinosaur Jr., one of the rare bands, and I would like to know if you can think of any off the top of your heads who got better after they got back together after breaking up. I think their their most recent run of albums is better than anything they did before they broke they're up. They're really good. Um, they're they're very good. We disagree on you like the Lou Barlow songs better. I like the Jay Mass. Yeah, songs I like Lou. Better. Bar- I, mostly, I mean, that's not even a Dinosaur Junior thing. That's because I, I I like Sebado. Do you have Sebado yeah. on? Oh wait, that would have been was last. last I, I I had Sebado was in my top ten of the last of last things. So I'm spoiled. This is this this song. If you listen to the lyrics, it's just like your classic uh, self-loathing. It's just all about self-loathing. Classic self-loathing. And just like. He's constantly uh, self-flagellation. I don't know what the active term for like self-flagellating. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Beating yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what he does throughout this whole song. It's just like, I'm not good enough. And uh, yeah. But I love his voice. It's just so weary and worn. (laughs) 
I hate 29. listening to interviews with him, though. <laughs> Your number 29 TV on the radio, I Was a Lover. Um, speaking... Nothing to do with wolves? What? Nothing to do with wolves? Nothing. No, not wolf like me. Hmm. No. I love this beat. I, I'm, a TV on the radio is, is a band that I'm a, I'm a big fan of. I love this beat. Um, in hindsight, it's crazy that they ever got as popular as they were and they like at one time were like playing msg big um the early the 2000s were a weird decade they returned to cookie mountain is that them yeah yeah i heard someone That's on the album. internet the other day say that th- that was the horniest album of, of yeah yeah i don't i, I, I don't know I, anything about it but. i don't know if that's necessarily true crazy sound like weird weird band singular type of band in, in the way they sound um, I, again, I can't believe they ever played an arena like MSG, but going back, I forget what we were talking about with, I know you just mentioned it with um, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, but we were talking earlier, maybe the, the last episode, about um, the music being more ominous because of it existing in a post-9-11, like the George Bush era presidency, and this song is, you know, I was a lover before this war. This is the first song on the album. That's the first line on the album, and it is like a mission statement right off the bat. Number twenty-eight. Are you bummed out by the lack of like good anti-Trump music just that's been made in the last two years? I thought there'd be a lot yeah. more like. Got to be coming down good the pipeline, shit. right? There's there's a good album. Uh, Jeff Rosenstock uh, put out an album uh, last year called Post. That is an anti-Trump album. That is very, it's very punk. It's a, very, it's a punk you album. You got Tim Heidecker's album. Yeah. About you, you might like it. I don't know if you will. You may or may not, but. I feel like even if it's not overtly, like everything is influenced by it. Yeah, but I want something that's fucking a knife out. You want something in your face. The, yeah. the Jeff Rosenstock album kind of, kind of exists on the same, not musically, but, but from a, conceptually on the, that Jason Isbell song that you played earlier, like, you know. Just not like uh, just just kind of taking getting grips on the fact of where we're at right now and like all right well how do we make it better going forward yeah you know twenty eight Father John Misty I went to the store one day do you guys uh, Father John Misty is a very divisive artist do you guys have any opinions on him um, generally I'm familiar with him I'm a I'm a very big fan of his and this song is is a beautiful little ditty like he's known for being. Uh, very cynical, very like um, I don't know what the right way. Very um, jaded person, and this is just a very genuine song for the woman that he met that he wound up marrying, and uh, they they literally met at the store, and that's what this song, um, you know, it exists like in the moment between when they first see each other and when he introduces himself, and in between that time, he imagines an entire life for them. And it plays out kind of like a movie, like a like a folk gothic movie, and it's it's just a, a pretty little song. You know, number twenty seven is a song that we skipped recently at the drive-in. One arm scissor. Bob's list thoughts. Uh, I, I, I like don't. I, yeah, I just think it's a kick-ass song. I don't really have any. It's incredible. Yeah. It's uh, uh, they're a band that broke up. Like they 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 had this song and they broke up. And and uh, this guy's lyrics don't make any sense. Um, 
but man, is it energetic and it's just you want to thrash to it, you know? I like a Zach De La Roca vibe to me. I think there was rumors of him joining Rage when when oh, man. when Zach left. And you know who they used instead? Yeah, was it uh, Chet- Scott Weiland? Chester Bennington? Oh no, I was gonna say Chris Cornell. It was yeah, it was because they made audio. Yeah, yeah, that was audio sleeve. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah. And what was the Stone Tail Pilots one? Velvet Revolver, Velvet Revolver with, with, with Scott Weiland. That's it. Yeah. That's a stupid yeah, band. Yeah, both of those bands should never have existed. And like the Mars Volta is not as good as this because this is disciplined in a way that the Mars Volta never was. Mars Volta or Sparta? Yeah, Sp- uh, Sparta. I guess Sparta is more along these lines. Yeah. But like Mars Volta is all of the bad instincts yeah, yeah, of this band. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. this sort of obscurist lyricism that like thinks it's poetry, but it's really just like sort of multi-syllabic uh, vomit. Yeah. And then like prog rock, when it's like, it's like, that's what you're expecting from prog rock. So it just seems indulgent. Whereas like those lyrics tied to post-punk music that thrashes like, uh, uh, the juxtaposition of those two separate energies like makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more satisfying. Speaking of thrashing, shout out Thrashy. Email tubtalk at cageclub.me. Uh, get back at us, Thrashy. Manager number 26, Japan Droids, The House That Heaven Built. Yeah, this is, uh, this is another one of those songs like that Titus Andronicus song from last episode that's just pure doesn't let up. It's just nonstop energy. It makes me want to run through a brick wall. Yeah. It's, not, it feel, it's, it's a rallying time, cry. Like, there were a lot of songs that were yeah. exactly like this coming out. Like, there there was the a time. moment. There was a moment. I think this is the best These, of those. Like, um, real, like, fist pounding, yeah. blue sky. This, this band, more than. I think, you, I think your impression of Titus Andronicus is this. But it really applies more to Japan Droids. This is the this band marries the the punk energy with the Springsteen, yeah. you know, like yeah. more than any other band, and I think they do it better than anybody. Yeah, and I, and I probably blame Bruce Springsteen for why I can't really get into yeah. this. Either. We're largely dismissive of Springsteen here, right? He's not like yeah. I wouldn't even say that because I, I I every once in a while I make a very conscious effort to like listen to. Some Springsteen album find a way into being like a fan because it's like everything on paper seems seems right there. He's from New Jersey. It's like he's basically you know Warren Zevon for a less scumbaggy like audience. And oh, like, New Jersey's the less scumbaggy audience. <laughs> then then what? What's Warren Zevon's audience? No, I mean I mean his like songwriting isn't oh, okay. as debauched as Warren Zevon's, but it's like kind of this like he's on the last album like they were friends like. And I'm saying New Jersey, like, I should have some kind of New Jersey That's pride right. that makes yeah. me want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But something, I don't know. Just can't get in. And I hate, and this is so much like it that yeah. it, like, it's the same thing. Like, I, I, I want to like it, but I just, it's not my flavor. Yeah. It's a very aspirational song, and I like that about it, too. It's very, like, you know, I think one of the lines is, when they try to slow you down, tell them all to go to hell. It's, 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 it's just a feel-good song. Bobby, number 30, we're going to skip because we're going to talk next round on nice. Mance's list, Do You Realize the Flaming Lips? But the first one we're going to talk about for your for your group this round, Erica Badu, Window Seat. Mm. Uh, she's like a, to me, maybe the, I don't know the, but one of the great singers of this generation. Um, and... 
again, like I said this about Lana Del Rey before, but like Erica Badu's sense of like unified aesthetics is is just incredible. How she ties sort of traditional singing to modern uh, production to music video to the way she dresses to her performance like it all comes together in a way that is just like truly remarkable Beyonce it's it's what makes Beyonce special too frankly um and this video is great she's in Dealey Plaza right which is where JFK was shot and she parks her car and then she gets out and she just slowly takes off all of her clothes while she's singing and then uh and then if I remember right she gets shot at the end um it's like it's like sort of a brutal video but also like uh, I don't. I, I, she she's uh, one of a kind, um, and and at this point is an elder statesman. But like we all kind of grew up with her, I think. Uh, I have a very short Erica Badu story. Um, so I I work at uh, a magazine that I will not name on here. Hustler and Hustler. And we're we are owned by uh, Lowrider. We're owned by the same company that owns an entertainment magazine, and so we typically have people coming into the office for you know for for that magazine. And um, one day, you know, so it's not uncommon to see famous or famous-ish people in my office building. Um, so one day I'm leaving work, and I'm walking out of our security, our reception. And, and in the corner of my eye, there's like a presence. Like I just, I've got my headphones in, but I just see something in the corner of my eye that like demands my attention. And it just felt like a presence in the room. And I turned to my right and like 10 feet away from me is Erica Badu with her, her people. And it like actually just seeing her and, and I, I'm a big fan of Erica Badu's, but I wouldn't say like I love her or anything like that. But seeing her like, she has such an aura, like in person, that it's just like, oh my god, she's a celebrity. Holy shit, that's Erica Badu. Yeah, and she dresses, of like her, her, like that's the magnitude of who she is. Like she, she wears it all. It's really cool. Bobby, your next song is Fiona Apple, "Extraordinary Machine," off the album "Extraordinary Machine." It's almost. This is almost like a song from a musical. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's interesting because this song, this album was a long time coming between When the Pawn and when this came out. And I think they recorded the whole thing with uh, the aforementioned John Bryan. And I think they scrapped the whole thing oh. <laughs> and re-recorded. Um, and, and like for this to be the song that, uh, I don't know if it was a hit or anything, but for this to be the song that Fiona Apple takes out of that, like I feel like she's a person that's dealt with a lot of shit in her life, whether it be like a reaction to her public persona or uh, just general general stuff. Um, this is like a really like song that makes you feel good. You think like I can do it, man. I, you're not gonna kill me. I'll come back. I'll keep making art. It'll be better, and, and I'm not gonna stop. And so it's the human body, I guess, is the extraordinary machine to sell the metaphor. Cool. Your next song we're also going to skip because we're going to get to it much later on somebody's list, Reckoner by Radiohead. This next one is Tom's. I think Tom's going to really love this one. If we could just jack the volume way This is the last song on YouTube. Everything else is on Spotify if you're following along at home. Death Grips, I Want It, I Need It. Oh, God damn it, Bob. Been working way too much to just get out and get fucked up with someone on. Where's it at? Make some calls to make it crack. Nance is singing along every word. 
Oh, I fucking hate this pen. Alright, turn it back down. I think currently they're one of a kind. And it's really, it's music that's like, it's disjointed enough that it feels like it's like music for a dark room when you're super fucked up and maybe you have like violent energy inside of you that you just like, you're shaking. And you don't see too many aesthetic expressions of that. It's not terribly melodic. It's pretty like nightmarish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. That's what I, that's what I like about it. You can't really like. I'm not gonna like listen to this all the time. What is going on over there, Joey? I'm dancing. Oh, you're dancing. Okay. Uh, what what what's your what's your big beef with it? <laughs> it's. I like music that sounds good to my ears, and this <laughs> and this doesn't do that. I mean, I, I can't put it any simpler than that. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I'm okay with stuff that doesn't sound good to me. The same way that I'm, I like paintings that aren't that don't look good. The same way that I like stuff that sometimes just makes me feel fucked up. And Death Grips makes me feel fucked up. Yep. Matt, your top 30. We only have one song we're going to skip. Everything else is pretty much we're going to talk about it. So get ready. Number 30, David Byrne, Strange Overtone. David Byrne and Brian, you know. Old Sour song is super fucking cool. This I album this is really good. It's kind of about partnership, which is funny because it's like two guys, two legends making a song together. It's a cool song. I have much to say about it. Makes me feel real happy. David Byrne just had an album come out, didn't he? I don't know. I think he's got a new album that just came out. I'm so in the weeds on like yeah. David Byrne's solo career stuff that I just don't even don't know anything about it. Matt, you're number 29. I don't know how to pronounce the band's name. Dungeon? Dungan? Yeah, sure. Dungan. Dungan yeah. Festival. Bon Iver. <laughs> what album is this on? Tadet Lunt. Yeah, 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 okay. This is the one album of his I know. I think this shit is so psychedelic and, like, and again, really yeah. just pleasant to listen to. Yeah. It feels like a really very good trip. Like, down a river or into your mind or. Emotionally, it's just a it's just a very nice thing, and they, they did. Is this uh, Icelandic or is this a made up language? Swedish, I think. Yes, yeah, uh, Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. Well, either way, it doesn't make doesn't make a lick doesn't make a lick of sense to me. <laughs> I, I saw them at Maxwell's, um, and oh boy, was that drummer charismatic! It, yep. was, it was like the only time in my life I've ever seen a drummer that seemed like the front man of the band. <laughs> like the whole time I was watching them, I was just like, I can't stop looking at this guy that's back there on the kit. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. Number 28. Loves this band. Bob, I think you can not take your eyes off this next guy either. A little guy named Snoop Doggy Dog. Drop it like it's hot. This is my favorite produced rap song maybe of all time. I love the stereo pan of that, that whatever that sound in the background is. I mean, this was... Uh, this was 2004. Like, this is a weird-sounding song. Yeah. This is Pharrell again, right? 15 years ago already, this song. 
this stayed a hit song all the way through like 2007. Like it was still like on the radio like that yeah. time. And, and this would probably, uh, you know, we would get the fucking dance floor filled up today. It's a great song. Not a hell, a hell of a lot else to say. It's sort of minimalist too. There's very little like that's actually going on. In it. Yeah, and I think it's awesome that Snoop Dogg like came out in '94 and here's 2004 and he's got like a huge hit again. Yeah. I mean, I don't condone any of that cheating on your man stuff. <laughs> That's how you get a his head. I'm a, yeah, maybe I, I'm, you don't need to get a his head. I'm all for it. I'm a, you know, I, I'm a cuckold. <laughs> I, I, say what you will about me. I like being cheated on. <laughs> that your your number twenty seven, Casino Lisboa, Dirty Beaches. This is the most sinister song I've ever heard in my life. This song just feels like you're somewhere at night, scared and sweaty, like running through alleys of a city or something. It's real cinematic. Are you running away from something, yeah. or are you running? Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, could be running towards something. Could be f- frantically searching for your keys <laughs> in a dumpster. <laughs> I love it. Real weird song. <laughs> yeah, sinister. I really dig it. What Casino Lisboa? Uh huh. Dirty the, Beaches is like the. It's like one guy. Like is Dirty Beaches the band? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like a dude, and uh, he's got some good music. Like I'm not a huge, you know, follower, but like this album's good. The album. There's an album with his picture of his like his parents, as young. A young couple on it, I forget. It's like about his parents. It's cool. I feel like the weird thing about this era that wasn't really true of the 80s and 90s is that there's a lot of songs here you're like, I don't know if that's the name of the song or the band. Huh. And I think that's just a function of like all the band names have been taken. Maybe. I don't know. Number 26, Digital Witness by St. Vincent. The song also sounds like it's from the future. Yeah. And like an alternate reality. But it's just, just funky as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it like, I had known of Saint Vincent. I'd never really li- listened to her, but when this came out, when this song came out, uh, I was like pretty enamored. Did she do that song Royals? No, no that's Lord. Lord. Fuck that song. Saint Vincent is uh, no, 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 an, no, no, a no. very interesting artist. She's, she's had a really cool career. I mean, like, like this song's a pretty good production, mm-hmm. like Marvel, yeah. and it's really fucking catchy. But Last yeah, five. Royal's a garbage song. No, it's not. Last five of this. It's like a diss track against all of hip hop. Like Royals? Black people. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we just called Joey racist. By <laughs> Sorry, Joey. Just by association. <laughs> I just like a racist person. I'm not racist myself. Number 25, Robin with every heartbeat with Clear Up. Yeah, this is a song about. <laughs> 
about relationships and uh, realizing that somebody you love isn't necessarily the right person for you and realizing that you have to walk away from them as much as as much as that sucks and the song ends with her first of all robin is like one of the premier pop singers of our time i think and uh so this is just a killer song in general just from a pop perspective but she ends the song by repeating it gets worse with every heartbeat which is that's pretty brutal it's pretty brutal yeah not life affirming at all. No, not at all. Could you skip to the end? Sure. Like a minute left. For those uh, listening at home, um, Bob is all in on the final hand at the World Series of Poker right now in his look. Robin? Yeah. Okay, we can go on to the next song. Number 24, Les Savi Fav, The Sweat Descends. Do you know this band? I know this my name, but not. I feel like you'd, you'd probably be into them. They're, this song, The Sweat Descends, is all about like... It's gross. Yeah, it, it, well, yeah, because the chorus is Meet Me Where The Sweat Descends, which is like, it's a song, it's like a... It's, it's From a, the window to the walls, the sweat yeah, drips yeah, down that's exactly, But that's exactly what he's talking about. It's like a violent sexual song. One, t- one time I was having a conversation with Charlie, and I don't know how this came up, but I was talking about uh, jacking off and, and like like feeling like a bead of sweat drip down like my leg. And I was like, whatever happened to you? And Charlie just goes, yeah, but I don't fucking talk about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, like, that's like a scummy, weird thing to talk yeah. about. Yeah, so this is... And now share with the world. This song is, is about sex in like the most carnal, like physical, visceral way. And uh, it's, it's it's got a killer guitar, it's got a killer drum. Wait, hold on one second. The song picks up right here. I'm not going anywhere. Now, would you agree that this is a song that if you can't get your fuck onto this, you should just stop? I this wouldn't want to have sex this, to this. No, song. this isn't a song you fucked. It. You would like try to keep up with the beat and just like get a, get a stitch in your socket. Right. <laughs> turn, turn it up, turn it up, coming up right now. In. Or just like do a lot of like this kind of thing. <laughs> a little Darren Chris dancing. Andrew Kunanen. Wake me up when we get to heaven. All right. We can go on. Next song is maybe your girlfriend's favorite Radiohead song, Nude, which is on somebody else's list. So we're skipping it? No. This oh, is this the is highest. High. That's it was like a weird diss. Like, your, 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 favorite girl, your girlfriend's favorite radio song is Nude. Yeah. This is... This is a super sexy... Also, this is a song about sex, but from the complete opposite perspective. It also invokes, like, Christian guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you don't get any big ideas. They're not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Which was the original title of this song. Right, big ideas. Big ideas, don't get any. What are your thoughts on this song? I love it, man. I love this. I like this version better than the original version because yeah, it grooves. Like they, they made something that wasn't sexy into something yep. that is sexy. That that baseline, just the fact that yeah. they just let that baseline carry the song, mm-hmm. and then at the end he's got that thing where he just like his voice just floats into the upper register and then just kind of fades off. Yeah, yeah. Is Radiohead the, the artist most with most songs on our lists total? Got to be right. 
You mentioned it in the first time we, we like did. the most total the appearances time. or yeah. the most like different songs. Probably both. It's both and it might eight. be REM just just from the sheer. <laughs> it's just it's just leftover residue. Radiohead eight times over six songs. Outcast seven times over three songs. Ween six times over six songs. And REM. So, six, so there's there's as many unique Ween songs as there are unique radio songs in our Radiohead songs. Yes, but there's two Radiohead songs, including this one, that are doubled up. Including so we both have three. We skipped. We skipped Wreck Unique Ween songs. And they don't overlap at all. That's weird. How many have we had so far? What ween? I've had Transdermal Celebration. Next up, The Hotelier, an introduction to the album and off Home Like No Places There. Yeah, and in hindsight, I would have this song it's still on the list, but lower down. I don't really have a whole lot to say. It's it's by a new emo band, like from the new, new kind of era. And it's, uh, it just... It propels forward and forward and builds and builds and builds. It's not like a verse-chorus, verse-chorus song. It just builds and builds and builds to the very end and then just kind of explodes open. But it's, what, a five, six-minute long song? Four and a half. Four and a half, so we won't, we won't get to that. But um, they're, uh, they're a very good band. Do you want me to skip ahead? Yeah. No, you could skip the next song. Your last song in this section is a song that we just skipped on Bob's list, The Flaming Lips, Do You Realize? Bob? Uh, the Flaming Lips brand of psychedelia is like well produced and and uh, optimistic in a way that's kind of interesting. Um, this song particularly finds a way to to make the darkest things optimistic. Yeah, or to find sure. the you know the, the 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 rallying cry around the worst parts of life. It's also like does some cliche shit that normally yeah. I hate, but yeah, it works yeah. in this song. Like, oh, don't feel bad. The sun's gonna come up tomorrow. Right. Everything's gonna be okay. And like, if someone said that to me in real life, I would just be like, fuck off. Yeah. But somehow, like with the music and stuff, you you, you accept it in, in, a, in a way that's not offensive. Anymore. It's it's also just a weird song. You know, like the the verse, the the, guitar, the the melody and the guitar is pretty normal, but then listen to all the weird shit that's going on in the background. Yeah. There's like all sorts of like boingy, springy sounds. I think you're and... better off not listening to the lyrics of this song and just paying attention to the music, because stuff like, isn't it weird that happiness makes you cry? Is just like I don't get out of here. Let me just listen to this. It's like polyphonic spree. It's just so yeah. like dumb. <laughs> happy, but I love it. I'm, I'm actually, I think it's a huge oversight that I don't have any flaming lips on my list. I definitely should have put something from At, at War with the Mystics. I love, I love that album, yeah. and I would put a couple. There's a couple of songs on there that I almost included, and I probably should have. You know, considering I think that two of this table's collective favorite bands are probably Radiohead and REM, or they're definitely up there. Two bands who make it like very difficult to understand what the fuck they're singing about lyrically. Yeah, sure. That like that there's any that it feels like this this group of people should care less about lyrics than the average listener. Well, I also think I, I look at it the other way. Like because we like a lot of those bands that are obtuse and hard to read. Sometimes that's nice personally. Like I I don't ignore the lyrics on this song. I actually kind of like them because yeah, they're a little sacker. They're very saccharine and a little cliche. But uh, love is the fifth dimension, man. I, don't I know thought what, we were all on board with that. I don't know, I don't know what that's oh, from. What was the fifth dimension? I, I, it was that. Where, where was that coming from? Interstellar. 
right? The fourth the dimension. I don't know. Yeah. Is is genocide the fifth dimension? What's the fifth dimension? If love is the right. fourth, he just that was a callback to Bob's, Bob's joke. Genocide. Bob's diatribe. That was not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was being very serious. Speaking of very serious things, we have Bob said all that funny stuff about capitalism being bad. <laughs> Jay Retard. Ooh. Oh, unfortunate. R.I.P. R.I.P. Blood vision. Unfortunate name. That's his actual name. No, I mean that's his stage name. So it's not unfortunately named; it's just bad taste. It's spelled differently, though. That, that, that's right. Yeah, it, it is. It's in bad taste. Um, this is like some Ramon shit. It's but it's so Riazard, right? Yeah, R E A T A R D. It's so like just like that song's probably like a minute and forty seconds or something like that. A minute thirty. Is yeah. this the one with him on the bathtub? In the bathtub on the Covered in blood? Yeah. yeah. Great album. No, it's not bathtub. He's just yeah. standing there soaked oh, in blood. Oh, a different album that I'm thinking of. Uh, Second best album where the cover art is someone covered in blood. <laughs> hey, more on that later. More on that later is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's just... It's, it's, it's punk rock that doesn't seem to exist anymore that I, that I love dearly. And he's dead, so it was legit. And he's dead. Did he die of like suicide, or just did he just uh, get sick? Overdosed. He's pretty young, man. Yeah. Number twenty-four, super furry animals. It's not the end of the world? Question mark. Ah, oh, yeah. This is a big miss on my part. Yeah. Wait. Hold on. Let's just listen to this beginning. I think this is actually kind of doing the same thing that Do You Realize? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, but it adds the cynicism of there being a question mark and, at the end of and, that. And musically spiritualized. It's yeah. got that stop your crying. Yeah. What a, what, a, what a great pop song. I think they're also Swedish. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, hey, man, like all this bad stuff happens. But, you know, there's going to be a tomorrow. Yeah. Unless there's not. <laughs> At least it's not the end of the world. I mean, it might be the end of the world. But, that's like, let's just pretend like it's not. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, exist. And this, you know, that, that's a, like a something that I, like, like, I have a lot of student loan debt and shit like that. And, like, sometimes I think about it and I think, like, if I had zero student loan debt, would I be doing the exact same thing that I'm doing right now? And the answer is probably yeah. So why am I going to bust myself up over all that debt? And it's, a, it's, it's like a good way to put off feelings of dread in the moment. And that's that it's not the end of the world question mark. You know, I wish that we weren't skipping your next song because it's sort of the, the come up from that sort of state of maybe depression, maybe not. Party Hard by Andrew W.K., but we will get to that later. Your next song off the Children of Men soundtrack, Jarvis Cocker with Running the World. I think this might be the only hidden track. This is, this is, this is a hidden track on... Uh, Children of Men? No, on his solo album. Does you guys know this song? No. Well... I wish that I had time-stamped something then, because once you there's a twist that you're gonna language-wise. Um, I, I, I keep beating the drum of Marxism here, but this is a Marxist song. It's did you hear? There's natural order. Those most deserving will end up with the most. That the 
The cream couldn't help but rise to the top while I say shit floats. So it's, uh, you know, Jarvis Cocker has always been, uh, Pulp as a band, Jarvis Cocker's the lead songwriter, um, but Pulp as a band has always been very socialist. It's like equal pay for all the members. They've always split everything evenly. Jarvis Cocker, I think, is walking the talk. Talk what? Is that how that phrase goes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's it. Walking the walk. Rewind that a little bit. Rewind that like two. Cock of the like, walk. Like, Simply put, in the fewest of words, cunts are still running the world. <laughs> um, and nice. you gotta accept you gotta accept the British connotation of the word cunt. It's yeah. not something that we really say. It's definitely like you know a misogynist slur in most contexts. But uh, what I don't think it is in the way that, that no. Jarvis Cocker is using it right now. Um, but he he's great at being threatening. There's a part in the song where he goes, in theory. He says, in theory, I, I respect your right to exist. I will kill you if you move in next to me. So, I mean, he's doing that in the voice of, you know. Uh, I love him, man. I love Jarvis Cocker. I love this song. It's from his first solo album. It's a hidden track. Fast forward about 30 minutes from the last song, and you'll get to this. Really? There's 30 minutes of silence? I something like that. Bob, your last song this episode is a song that I think we skipped on Mance's list maybe last last round or two rounds ago. Crazy in Love by Beyonce. I'm happy that it ends here. This, I think, was Rolling Stone's number one song of yeah, this era, sense. right? Yeah. It's a phenomenal song. It's the best Jay-Z has ever, ever been as yeah. a feature artist. And, and he, like, kind of fucks this song up a little. Well, that was your whole like thesis statement, that he ruins every song he's on. Yeah, right? yeah, and and he ruins this song. He doesn't ruin it. But yeah, like, that's no. But I, th- I, think it's, I think it's based on the incredible strength of, of what Beyonce is doing for him. Yeah, I mean, this was the song that, that she was already kind of a star with, with Destiny's Child, but this was her first solo statement that was like that announced her, you know, yeah, announced her presence as right as as, a, as her own force, and um, yeah. What and can, like this song just sounds like Beyonce walking, yeah, in the yeah, Beyonce yeah, walking yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like with a wind machine in her face, like that's like some Michael Jackson shit. Right, she takes a step and there's a big brass band. Like, I don't even her. really, yeah, yeah, you know, like I don't even have, have all that much knowledge of Beyonce. But like when I hear this song, all I hear is just fucking heels, just like yep, <laughs> clomping down, yep, yep. fucking like some like well lit like powerful ass hallway. <laughs> She's an incredibly <laughs> magnetic performer. Yeah. All right, Matt, back to the drive-by truckers. You're number 25, Ramon Cassiano. So this isn't Patterson Hood. This is, like, another dude. And this song is, like, another story song about this guy named uh, Ramon Cassiano, who was a Mexican national, I guess, and killed at the border. And it's this whole it's this whole uh, story of, of how the border has been just, like... He, he mentions a specific, like, sheriff or some shit. This feels very classic rock. Dude, this is fucking like a Neil Young song. Yeah. I, like, even his voice is kind of Neil Youngish, But, uh, like, there's a couple really good lines in here. It's just, again, like, this album, again, finding Drive-By Truckers now, like, 
lefty southerners making like music like it's great it's right up my fucking alley it's so good but he so he's got a line in here where he goes uh so he's talking about the guy who's in charge of border patrol he's like he had the makings of a leader of a certain type of man who need to feel the worlds against them to get it i'm trying to talk while he's talking <laughs> but the, the men whose fingers pull their triggers who'd rather fight than win like the idea of like what makes the mentality of, of somebody who you disagree with so so much politically? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm losing the train of thought. But check this album out. Another good like statement on the current political climate. Yeah, I always want that point of view from that part of the world. You know? And it's also from 2016, so it's like it's what we're still talking about. about the fucking border even more now. Like it's weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty good like scathing. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like you know looking for those songs that are actual attacks on like what's happening now. Like, they're kind of few and far between. Metal Twenty Four is by a band that we have not talked about in about fifteen minutes. It's Ween with your party. Oh, your party! Fuck yeah, man! This is one of their best songs. Like I've said, like La Cucaracha was kind of a bummer of an album. Yeah. It's kind of half-baked. There's some good stuff on there. But this being the last song, like, really kind of made it feel a little bit like a novelty song, too. But, like, it's still great. It's well, still just such a good song. I think that's what they do best, right? They're like, it, it's like you look at them at first glance and you go, this is a novelty act. Right. And then you listen to it and you're just like, mm, but no, there's a lot more there. Yeah, but, we, you know, the songs that we've covered generally are the ones that are... They don't sound like novelty no, songs. Right. They just have them in the repertoire. And, like, I wanted to put Ween... I wanted to reflect late Ween in this list anyway. And I think this song is, like, their funniest song, maybe. No, it's not. But it's really funny. And it's just, uh... It's just a great song. It's also it's covering great songwriting of like a, like a type of thing that doesn't people don't write songs. About, yeah, right? yeah, like, it's really like, weird. You know what was really good at that party? The tricolor pasta. <laughs> right. That was really great. Right. The wife and I and talking like <laughs> yeah. my wife was competing in a game of chance. <laughs> like, like it's just this surreal kind of like not real way people talk. Like, that's spot on, though. Yeah. It's spot on. All right, we got more ween to come. <laughs> Matt, your next song is from Sherry Lewis's Lamb Chop with Up With People. Yeah. Here's another fucking, like, uh, lefty southerner guy. Yeah, dry ass. No, this is pizza grease. <laughs> <laughs> I bleed pizza grease. <laughs> Yeah, lamb shop and like spiritualized and super furry animals. That's like I discovered them all within a year. And I thought lamb shop was a hip hop thing. No, very what much am I the thinking opposite. Of? Am I thinking of blockhead? Maybe. I don't. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. This shit is like weird. Uh, like I don't know. Like lounge. Like. Uh, Country lounge, like yeah. psychedelic yeah, yeah, yeah. punk yeah. or something. It's yeah. it's like such a weird thing. What album is this on? This is on Nixon, I think. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, like, I got into them really only recently. The Mr. M album, mm -hmm. which is 
one of my favorite albums yeah. from this era. That's top to bottom in my easy right. right it could be my number one. And then I kind of went back and, and filled in their discography, and, and this album's so great. There's so many good songs on it. And that's six minutes. It's you know, yeah, it's relatively super, it's short super for these lists. Yeah, but like William Tyler played guitar with them for a while, yeah. and like I saw them in Philly uh, maybe two years ago. On like a, they, they do like a stripped down yeah. set, and then they can do like the larger like whatever the orchestration with all this like I know they tore it on this like at the 10 year anniversary or whatever but yeah this is just my band I I settled into them as like very very excited to see everything that they'll that they'll do next and like hopefully they keep it up cause like we talked about with Ween like they're they're just not putting new they're not gonna put new albums out they aren't doing it and you take what you can get given the circumstance and like with this band, especially coming into it late, I'm like, oh man, like I missed the run of like constant albums, but like they'll put them out every now and again, and like it's a big deal because they're because it's very unique to me. I dig them a lot. Next song by Jen Cloer, Forgot Myself. Never heard of it. This was my favorite song of the year it came out. This is, you know, Courtney Barnett? Yeah. This is her like wife or whatever, girlfriend. I saw Courtney Barnett open up for Blur. She's amazing. I love her. And uh, I fell asleep because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this Not song is fault. this song's about her. And like so she like while she's out touring, like she's back in Australia, like at home and like just feeling insecure. That's what this song's about. But she put this album out and top to bottom, this thing fucking kicks ass. It's it was this whole album is is awesome. And this was like the lead single off of it. And it's really good. It's just like Guitar rock, with a, with a, like songwriting perspective. It's what are you drinking right now? What is that? Wrench. Is it a beer? Oh, okay. I thought it was a, a, apple juice or something. <laughs> I do have apple juice. If you want apple juice, I'll have some apple juice. Yeah. It's uh in the door because it's a gigantic sippy cup. cup or... There's a lot of cups in there. Grab what you want, Bob. <clears throat> Pour me a glass of milk water in there. For real? Number 21, the last song of this episode, Steve Gunn's Way Out Weather. Same kind of like guitar first approach. I kind of like how this era has a lot of these guitar virtuoso guys doing their thing. Like him, Tyler? Yeah, I, like I'm down with all of it. Yeah. All that like landscape music. Curfile. Yeah, I dig it. I dig all of it. I do feel like since owning a house that this is the kind of music that like it's the kind of it's it's a feeling that I never had until I owned this place but it's like just the idea of having a song and just like sitting on the front porch and just like staring out while holding yeah. like not drinking beer but holding a beer and just like reflecting on how you got here yeah it's horizon music and whipping that empty bottle of beer at a teen that drives <laughs> by on a bicycle have you did, did you get into the war on drugs at all yeah okay oh yeah they're obviously on a much grander scope than this, but along the, those lines, I mean, I know Kurt Vile played in them, but... Yeah. Well, I was thinking as I was listening to that Arcade Fire song on the drive up, I was like, uh, this actually sounds like what The War on Drugs is doing. Like, they're, they're, like, I never really made that connection, but they are, like, following in the Arcade Fire footsteps with, like, the triumphant, yeah. kind of, like, synthy, like, uh... I think The War on Drugs folk is anthems. more the... the more Springsteen than anybody. 
not maybe not a Springsteen. I don't know. They're like very glossy. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're, they're they're like hazy. How about that Killers song that sounds like Springsteen? All these things that I've done. No, no, no. It's like a. Uh, he doesn't look a thing like Jesus. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. When you were young. When you were young, mm-hmm. yes. And that'll do it for this episode of Tub Talk. Email Tub Talk at Cage Club. We're easing on out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, donate fifty dollars to the Patreon, and Tom will uh, fashion a workout plan for I you. I will. It's true. Get swole. Chase gains. Put those needles in your butt. Uh, get featured in Icarus 2. Yeah, get that's, huge. That's part of, part of the plan. Part of the workout plan is to stick yourself with steroids. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tom, yeah, Tommy yeah. Torvaldson. That's Ronnie. the new new workout plan. Yeah. yeah, the new metal workout plan. I'll do it. Thrashy dollars. Thrashy, where are you? Email us tubtalk at cageclub.me, patreon.com slash cageclub. We'll be back in two weeks for the top 20 songs of the 2000s so far. Oh, and back in four nice. weeks for the inevitable snubs and or flubs of these episodes. See you soon. Top 20, let's fucking do it.